this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where they're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing because the rowers keep on rowing and they're certainly not showing any sign that they are slowing. I would have done it louder, but you know, in this scenario now that the kids are home, they'll be like, what is daddy doing up there? So that was my quiet scream. Welcome to the Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory episode slash dramatic theater episode. That was awesome. I'm very <laughs> impressed with that intro. That was great. Well yeah. And you memorized it all, right? Obviously. Totally. Yeah. Wink, wink. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you not see how I never broke eye contact with you because I had nothing to read? Uh, Sam and Wads are here. Thank you both. Uh, to do... To celebrate, it's a little bit past it, but it's recently celebrated 50th anniversary of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which this was a known quantity for me. Um, I have loved this movie for a very long time, and there was very little chance I was going to watch it this round and go, I was wrong the other 15 times. It was great, but this time, nope. Uh, Sam, your history. Um, I think this movie was on TV a lot as a kid because it's one of those, like, I feel like I've seen a whole bunch of times, but I don't remember ever owning it. Um, and yeah, this revisit was interesting. It is very Ooh. different than I remember it being. So yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that, but. I mean, I wads you unmuted and then didn't say anything. So that threw me. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I had never watched this one. Um, I've only watched the Johnny Depp one, uh, <laughs> which I didn't even realize they were titled differently. Um, and I don't even remember the Johnny Depp one as much. So this was uh, uh, an experience. <laughs> All I remember about the Johnny Depp one is that we didn't like it. I haven't seen it since theaters. I went with a friend who also loves the original and both of us were just crestfallen by that, by that last one. I had the thought that it would be, we should have watched it just so that we could touch on it. And I don't know that I've seen it since it would have originally come out or probably since Dylan got a copy of the Blu-ray or whatever. But yeah, yeah it's, it, I it's, remember it being disappointing for sure. It's 15 years old this year. So, I mean, it could just get its own episode. I guess let's see how this one goes first. Let's see, yes, exactly. Let's see how this one goes first. Uh, well, actually, and second round of questions, I did not warn Wads, Sam, I warned you, but did everyone have chocolate at the ready for their viewing of this movie? Because I didn't, and I got about 45 seconds in when the opening credits are literally just chocolate being made in a factory, and was so mad that I had no chocolate whatsoever. I think the closest I think I had was, God, like some slightly sweet Cheerios, and that was about it. Yeah, I, I did. I sad. I didn't have any chocolate when I started watching it. I was like, I'm craving chocolate now. And for somebody who's a chocoholic, yes, in case people didn't know that, um, I surprisingly I didn't have any chocolate around the place. Uh, I only had actually some of these. Um, they're like chocolate chip thingies, not really real chocolate. Yeah, we but can't I'm, say the name out loud in case they think we're shilling for them. But yeah, it, exactly. It, it, granola bars with chocolate yes. chips, right? Like yeah, 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 exactly. But it wasn't real chocolate, so. Um, I'm going to go buy chocolate today because I need to 
uh, uh, feel that grieving from yesterday? I bake. So like, first of all, I'm also a chocolate There's always chocolate in our house, but if Same. there's not like chocolate bar or chocolate, like chocolate like that, there's always like chippets in the house, like chocolate chips for baking, which is, you know, an, an option when you're really desperate for chocolate. I just have to say something. You can't call yourself a chocoholic if there's ever chocolate around the house, because if you're a chocoholic, you just eat it all and there's never chocolate around the house. Good thing. Sorry, I consider myself a chocoholic because I would never not have chocolate in my house. I, I guess it's more my wife because the, the question, do we have any chocolate in this house is posed two to three times a week. And maybe that's why, because we get it. And she's like, oh, it's here. Do we have any chocolate in this house? And the answer during this movie was unfortunately no. As we watched a factory produce chocolate and then almost immediately a scene of a bunch of kids in a candy store just looking. This whole movie is just 90 minutes of that reaction in commercials when people eat something really good and close their eyes and are like, oh, it's this that, the movie. And it was frustrating to be there with just like my bowl of frosted vanilla Cheerios and go like, this isn't the same at all. That candy store was like a bar for kids. And it was, uh, oh it, my gosh, it's wonderful. I was like, where was that when I was a kid? It's so good. And the owner is terrible at his job because he's literally just taking spoonfuls of it and throwing it into the crowd. Like, that's I not mean, how I still you go to it, it as an adult. Let's be real. I don't, I mean, I still go to it now. Oh, totally. <laughs> but I assume that guy must go home to his wife who's just looking over the numbers and going, you know, Candyman, our profit margin is razor, razor thin. We are teetering on a dangerous. Did you take spoonfuls of M&Ms and throw them into the crowd of children again? M&Ms aren't free. His name wasn't Candyman. I don't know what his name. I don't think we ever find out. But he sings a song about the Candyman. Wads, were you surprised no. it's a musical? <laughs> no, anyways, I just remembered the name all of a sudden. It was Bill's. It was Bill's Chocolate. That's what it was called. Oh, good pull. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah, musical. You didn't warn me about that. No, uh, I, I didn't realize it. I kind of just <laughs> forgot until the Candyman song started. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder if you'll be surprised to find out there's a lot of songs in this movie. I remember the Oompa Loompa songs. Like, I, I feel like everyone remembers the Oompa Loompa songs. But I, kind, I think I kind of forgot how much of a musical it is. I was, and was it necessary? I don't know. I would... <laughs> There's only really one song I would cut from the movie and admittedly fast forward every time. And I'm sure everyone can guess what it is. Go. Oh, I was wrong. Come on. What's objectively it, the worst song in the movie? Is it Veruca's song? No. She's hers the only be... girl who, because she's the only kid who got a song. She I know might have the best song in the movie. Wait, which that song are great. you talking about? Wait, me or Sam? Oh, you. Which song? I'm yours? talking about cheer up charlie uh yeah. which goes and goes and goes and goes like uh, no thanks all right what's the plot of this movie sean the plot of this movie is we are in nondescript time period uh the director actually said that he didn't want to do anything or include much in the movie that would date or like kind of show what time period it's taking place in um, like no cars or anything that you could point to and go, well, that's a 1980 or I guess it couldn't be because it's 71. That's a 1965. This, the one line I feel that kind of dates it a bit is, and we'll get more into it, but essentially a P one, at one point a character is offered $10,000 to give away trade secrets of the chocolate factory and is told that that $10,000 is think about it, a new house, food and shelter for your family for the rest of their lives really 10 yeah, grand I, that one stuck with me too i was like oh man money <laughs> 10 grand like 50 years ago could get you a lot yeah, yeah. and the one pound bonus for those workers it was like a huge thing when they all cheered for like and one they cheered. Like, okay <laughs> so i feel like this is probably supposed to be in the 30s or 40s maybe um Anyway, small town in America, we have a chocolate factory that has been closed forever. And one day, you know, they, they talk about how, oh, one day it started producing chocolate, but no one ever goes inside. No one ever sees anyone come out. And then there's this big announcement that 
factory owner Willy Wonka has hidden five golden tickets in his candy bars around the world. And five kids, it has to be kids, I guess, who find them get a lifetime supply of chocolate and an, and an exclusive tour inside the factory. And so our hero is, is Charlie Bucket, classic down on his luck, poor kid, mom, single mom, supporting the family, working at a laundromat, like an old school laundromat where she's just washing clothes in a big ass bucket with an oar. Or why they call him Charlie Bucket. Maybe. Maybe that was, she was just doomed for that career. Uh, supporting both Charlie and four grandparents who sleep head to foot, like one couple on one side and the other couple on the other side. So head to foot, never ever leaving the bed. Their PJs are visibly dirty. You know they haven't cleansed or changed in potentially 20 years and that narrative that yeah that charlie was you know really um you know not doing well down in luck and and that he was the breadwinner also not that his mom was supporting that he was almost supporting the whole family i remember like when he uh got his first pay and he like was his, like he went and bought bread and then gave yeah, some literally the breadwinner yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> Yeah, uh, he has a paper route with his first paycheck. He brings home a loaf of bread and they're all like, oh my God, we're going to feast tonight because usually it was what, cabbage water? or I forget. The, the meal he's sick of having is something with cabbage. Um, so you know, he wants it. He wants this ticket more than more than anybody and, and, and he gets it. And then they tour the factory and a lot of people die. <laughs> you don't know that they die. They probably well, don't die. <laughs> He does say at the end when Charlie asks, like, is everyone going to be okay? He does say, oh, yeah, everyone's, don't worry, everyone's going to be fine. But for the bulk of the runtime, it makes it look like we're watching children die. There's a lot of dark undertones to the movie. It's pretty separated in half. So you have the first half of the movie, which is the quest for the golden tickets, which I always forget. Like, there's a lot of good stuff there. Like, there's a lot of just little one-off jokes and scenes that I think I are pretty funny how long it was like it's like 40 minutes before they get into the factory and in yep. my mind I feel like that was like 10 minutes and the, and the bulk of the movie was in the factory but I was like oh how is this still happening no it takes a little while before we see Mr. Willy Wonka and get behind the doors because we when we paused it for the first time it was I think three of the children were down and there's two left and the runtime was like, you have nine minutes left. It's like, really? <laughs> the last part of the movie just goes. But the first part, you know, you got to devote three minutes or so to cheer up Charlie to make us clear that Charlie's sad and his mom wants him to cheer up. But, and the Candyman song. Candyman song's good. You can't deny the Candyman song's good. The Candyman song is creepy AF. Like, I cannot handle how how creepy this movie is going back and watching it now. I'm like, the Candyman is definitely a predator. I no, Sam, he's just here to make the sunrise. Sprinkle I want to know, I want to know Wad's opinion on a first viewing, because clearly you've got some nostalgia there. Did that not seem creepy? I mean, uh, a little maybe. Uh, I don't know. I mean... That's a no. Back in the time, back you know, back in those days, you know, back when we trusted you know, people. Yeah, I feel like a lot of movies these days, you know, it's just that uh, you look at them differently in today's lens versus like back in whenever it was filmed. It's an innocent. There's no lyric about like who can drive a white van. <laughs> That'd be way to too, way too obvious. <laughs> Or you win the back and that no, he just wants to sprinkle the, the the dew and then cover it in chocolate in a miracle or two. Yeah, he mixes it with love, but that's just to make the world taste good. I don't know, man. It felt super creepy. Um, There's also comments that like people go into the Wonka factory, but they never come out. And uh, this well, whole concept is Luring children into a factory with candy. This is what is happening in so this that he movie. Can, he's gonna, he can't run the factory forever, so he has to find a worthy child to pass it on to. 
Yeah, and if yeah. some of them have to die in the process, it's for the greater good. Yeah, it, lots of uh, small print on that contract. Exactly. <laughs> you may or may not survive. <laughs> the book, actually, I think it's been a long time. It is based on a book, for those who don't know. Uh, not called this, called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I believe because the author Roald Dahl hated this adaptation so much, he wouldn't let them use the actual name. Uh, and I assume by the time the remake came out, which was called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that Roald Dahl was dead. And they were just easier, it was just easier to get away with it. Um, or, or perhaps his estate was fine with that movie, I don't know. But I remember in the book, the kids survive, but are like what's the word i want misshapen like they they will get like they like it shows them leaving the factory but the girl who got like the juice pumped out of her looks like all weird and drained and the like it actually kind of like they're all they're malformed as a result of the things that have happened at the factory whereas this movie just kind of has that the the eight-legged freaks line of just oh yeah don't worry everything's gonna be like just throwing in that line like there's no reason we should believe it Make your own conclusions. <laughs> yes. Like maybe Charlie's going to get, maybe that's the whole scam is like, you know, where are these children? I don't know. Fucking this kid runs this factory. Talk to him. And then Charlie has to deal with it. Maybe that's the dark aftermath. I never read the follow-up book, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. So I can't say for certain it's not mostly a court drama. Oh, maybe I'll get to it. All right, so we concluded two against one that The Candyman is a great song with no malicious undertones, so that's good. Uh, is there any other songs in the first half? I don't think so. I think it's just that and Cheer Up, Charlie, during the quest for the tickets. But we also, we meet our other four children. So we have uh, Augustus Gloop, the chubby kid who eats a lot. That's kind of his whole character. Uh, we have the conveniently named Mike TV, who is obsessed with TV. Last name spelled T-E-E-V-E-E. So, you know, it's different. Uh, Veruca Salt, the, the antagonist of the picture, kind of in a way. The oh, ridiculously spoiled uh, rich girl, spoiled, you know, daddy's girl who spends tons and tons and tons of money getting its factory workers to open chocolate bars for her. Yeah, she's like salty that one. She like the she doesn't even get it herself. The other ones are kind of one-offs and maybe they bought a lot of chocolate bars but they happen to catch the golden ticket. But she her dad buys like all of them truckloads and converts his button factory into just <laughs> yeah. all the all the people, all the factory workers open chocolate bars was it until they peanuts? find it uh, peanuts, I, peanuts, peanuts, yeah. peanuts. I think okay. he, he has a line about like we have a pack of peanuts since Monday. All uh, right. Okay. His peanut factory. Um, yeah. But like just converts the whole factory to this one goal and she's just the worst. Like, I feel like she is the example you give when you explain to your kids, like, we don't want you to be a spoiled rotten yeah. brat. Like, you, this, you don't be a Veruca. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't, don't be a bad egg. Dying, but if she doesn't make it out of the factory, I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I like to that. <laughs> Even the other parents, when she goes, are like, yeah, this is fine. Um, yeah, her mom, though, is one of my favorite characters in the movie who just sits there crocheting and throwing shade at the dad. She only has like three lines, but she's pretty great. Uh, and who, who am I missing? The gum chewing girl. I can't uh, Violet. Her name. Vi Violet. Violet. You're turning Violet. Violet. Yes, of course, I should have gotten that. Uh, and that's kind of her thing is she's obsessed with gum. Like she's not an inherently bad kid i feel like she well she's not she's good shit, actually basically yeah she's more yeah she's a bit of a brat more than like you know a bad kid i would say of all of them she maybe gets the rawest deal she also she's like a serious gum chewer though i would just like to qualify this that she has like a guinness world record for chewing the same piece of gum for like months at a time three months which right. sounds horrible. Because if you even chew one piece of gum for like a whole day, by the end of that day, it is so gross. It yep. like is it's not the same consistency. It's got no flavor left. That just seems disgusting to me. I yeah, I would like pop a piece of gum before driving home from work. And by the time I got home, I'd be like, I want this gone, I want this gone, I want this gone. And that was maybe 40 minutes. 
So three months, that's my nightmare. So well done for her. She deserves the accolades. And she does, you know, her fate is kind of because she is told, hey, don't eat that. And she's like, I'm gonna. So, you know, they, they, they do bad things. And every time they a, a golden ticket is found, there's this mysterious dude there who whispers in their ear. And later we find out it's him offering, hey, there's something called an everlasting gobstopper. I will pay you 10 grand if when you're in that factory, you take one and give it to me. Also, his presence kind of insinuates that this is all staged, right? And planned. Yeah, I mean, we know we know at the end that it's staged and planned, but it's plausible, I think, that just the competitor, the competitor chocolate company heard about this and is approaching those kids. I feel like that's a plausible thing. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking more that Willy Wonka somehow shows these five children like somehow was able to pre-select them because it the winners are global but every single time that guy who needs to implant Mm. this idea of stealing the gobstopper like whether it's in germany or across the u.s or i guess veruca must be in the uk like he is always right there like the new winner has been found so i'm wondering if somehow he's like I have pre-selected these five children. I, know I don't think four necessarily he would have selected the kids. Maybe he just selected where the boxes went. Like That's these true. five boxes have the chocolate in them. This one's going to Germany. This one's going yeah, here. Like, I haven't. He's shipping them one at a time. Maybe like, okay, the first golden tickets out there. Now I'm going to ship here, the one that yeah. has the mm-hmm. second one. That makes sense. So I actually, I want to bring something up because it is relevant to this. So there was another kid. There was a fifth kid who won, and it turns out that it was a fake ticket. Was the guy there when that kid won? I don't remember. Uh, No, they showed us on TV only, I think, right? And it was a thing. It's just... The news so then I think saying. that makes sense that he like followed the boxes and they knew where the boxes would end up. Um, but I want to bring that up because what the fuck? The only white or the only non-white person to win was lying. And I think that's some bullshit. <laughs> I'm calling out 1971. When, when was for this film? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, probably earlier. Yeah. And uh, if he did hand select where those were going then he's a racist because he picked only like English speaking and white countries. Look, I love the character of Willy Wonka, but if you also told me that he had racist, <laughs> like, some mild racist beliefs, I'd be like, yeah, I see, I can see it. Cause I also don't think he's a good dude. But he had yeah. Oompa Loompas. I mean, come he on. did have Oompa Loompas, Sam. So he did have He's those. inclusive of, of and other they're orange. Worlds. They're straight up orange. <laughs> All right. Um, something else, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, you know how they had to show us like Charlie um, trying to win and like, you know, opening several bars before he won. The first one he opened wasn't even one of the ones that like gets a golden ticket. Did you not notice? It was like a round one and like a yeah. different packaging. And then he's like, oh, no ticket. I'm like, well, no shit. <laughs> That's what that confused me because two of the three bars he opens are not the main bar, but it seems like they were only put on that one type of bar. So yeah, it's know. not really clear. I, I feel like I think they only ever say Wonka. I don't remember if they, yeah. if they ever say Wonka bars or Wonka chocolate, but I feel like everything is fair game. But Although also- when he buys the Scrum Diddly bar, there are no more tickets. Oh, so that's that, true. That, so the it round doesn't one matter what he, he buys, buys after they point. think yeah. the fifth one's, and then he conveniently sees the news report while he o- basically is opening the one that happens to have a ticket inside. Mm-hmm. And then we devote two more minutes to run home, Charlie, and don't stop until you get there. And then we just basically watch in real time his entire run home, which now always makes me think of the Family Guy parody because that's the one where he trips and hurts his knee and just does the like. Uh, thing for four minutes if anyone's seen that clip it mm. seems like now but it was it was very long <laughs> the run home i was like yes. oh he's he's still running <laughs> yeah the camera just basically followed the actor as he ran from that location to the other location yeah. um, uh, also there was like a joke in there there was like the, they were auctioning off the last box of chocolate bars. Did anybody notice that the joke was like 4,000, 4,500? And then they were like, your majesty. And I'm like, did they just imply that the queen showed up and was yeah, like, bid. that is my chocolate? <laughs> yeah. She I showed up to funny. bid. 
I think a lot of those little things are funny. I think the kidnapping one is funny, like the demanding the ransom of like her chocolate bars or her husband's life, and she's not sure what to do. I think the computer, the like, I'm telling the computer exactly what it can do with a lifetime supply. I think that little bit's funny. I think the teacher is really funny. I think I even like the stuff where he's trying to teach percentages about and doing the percentages of a thousand based on how many chocolate bars they ate. And when Charlie says two, he's just like, I can't figure that out. No, I thought that bit was good. There's a lot of good little bits like that that I feel I appreciate more with viewings as I get like as a kid when he's like, I'm now telling the compute. I'd be like, I wonder what he is telling it now as an adult. I know how oh, to put it in its butt. Okay. That's pretty funny. I don't know. Thoughts, opinions on the early sections of the movie? I mean, for me, it was just way longer than I remembered it being. Like, I, so much of my memory is once they get into the factory. So I was like, how is this still happening? It took a while. I also, like, noticed there was, a, like, I mean, it would throughout the movie, uh, like, as a whole. But there was, like, overacting here and there from some of the random characters. Like, super overacting. Like, to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't, like, this is, like, super overdone. Hit me with an example. I don't have an example. Well, you said it was all over the movie. Hit me with an example. Well, yeah, but I'm I not write saying down you're wrong. I'm curious. <laughs> uh, I don't honestly have any stuff in front of me, but it was just like, just like the random scenes that like you won't really remember, but uh, you know, um, any of those random characters just like saying something or yelling something, it was just like overdone. You can see it. Um, there, it, yeah, the parents definitely go for it, especially in the back half. I also felt like they, those kids were real kids. Like it, it wasn't like Hollywood does kids today where it's just like the most beautiful, the most like whatever they, they just look like real kids. They seem like they just, you know, went to a school and they were like, who can act and possible, possible answers made it through because they, de- they just seemed way more real than today's kids would in, TV and movies. Yeah, so, I agree with that. For I sure. think that that is for, like also apparent in their acting, like yeah. Charlie as well. Like, they're yeah, just, n- none of they're, them are amazing. Like that guy never yeah. acted again. He's a veterinarian now, so you're not that surprised to hear that. But they give mm-hmm. good enough performances. I think that yes, it doesn't take you out of the movie, but you're also not just like, oh my god, like they really did get the most just precocious kids. We did forget one pre-factory song, which actually ties into a discussion we need to have. So after Charlie wins, he's allowed to bring one family member. Never even considers his poor mom, who's working late hours at the bucket laundromat or whatever it is to help give cabbage water to the family. It's like, oh, Grandpa Joe, the guy who is spending all of our money on tobacco until like three days ago. How did he buy that chocolate bar? Did he give the money to the mom to go buy it? How did he buy that chocolate bar? Because at one point he, he reveals he has a, a chocolate bar for Charlie to open. I mean, that that's the only plausible solution there, right? I guess, because once he's like, oh, Grandpa, it's too bad you can't come because we've established that none of our grandparents have conveniently gotten out of bed in 20 years for movie reasons that are never revealed. Why four unique human beings all need to stay in bed for 20 years. But then, and I, you know, there, there's good stuff about this out there. I think there's even a Facebook page called like Grandpa Joe is a piece of shit. And there's a really good um, John Mulaney stand-up bit about it that is absolutely worth watching. Because at that point, Grandpa Joe basically just throws the cover off him and goes, well, let me just try something. And after 30 seconds of stumbling around, he good. And then proceeds to sing a song called I Got a Golden Ticket in front of everybody. It's like, no, you don't. I know. I, my, my note from this is it's not about you, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the like, fuck? And he inter- right, he's like, I got a golden. It's yours and mine, Charlie. It's like, you didn't do shit. No, it's not. Get back in bed. You didn't earn this. Well, and he maybe- got out of bed. Maybe this is the this is the answer to your earlier question. Maybe he's been able to walk this whole time and he's just choosing when to do it. He walked himself over when everybody else was asleep and bought that chocolate bar. He, Maybe. Knew, he knew what he was doing. He just needed to put on a show for everybody else to be like, this is crazy. I didn't know I could do this anyway. Yep, yeah. I think Sam's right. Grandpa's I- absolutely a, a nighttime <laughs> murder. 
he's got that's how he he gets his jollies. This whole people going on and off mute thing is really throwing me. Sorry, you can hear it, I'm sure. I know. Um, yeah, I just like okay, so we're done with that part then, I guess. I think so. Yeah, let, let's get yeah. him, let's get him inside the factory now where so we or, meet. Let's just pause for like what a minute and a half while Willy Wonka walks from the factory door to the gate. <laughs> so Apparently that was Gene Wilder's one stipulation for taking the role. He read the script and he's like, I'm going to do it. But uh, when I enter the movie, I want to make it look like I have a limp and that I'm, you know, old and incapacitated and then I'm going to do a flip. So that I think is purely there because they're like, well, we got to get Gene Wilder. And then they were right. Gene Wilder's fantastic in the part. Like he owns it. He's so good. He finds that, you know, really good balance between, charming and creepy and like eccentric but not you know over the top eccentric which is the johnny depp problem i think like he just goes full johnny depp whereas willy wonka still feels like a human but perhaps one who has spent 30 years cooped up by himself inside a chocolate factory and has maybe got a little no thoughts on gene wilder as willy wonka I think he did a good job. I was saying, like, I think he was the right choice for sure. Obviously, I don't know actors of the '70s well enough to think of anyone who could have done it any better. But I think, I think he did a good job. It's just like a, it's a weird movie when you look back on it, and it is like, like especially your your beautiful rendition at the start of the <laughs> podcast, like that song and like his. His face when he's doing it is, yeah, he he does a good job. I think he's the right choice. Yeah, I guess, yeah, we'll get to that one because that's there's some unpacking to be done there too. Uh, yeah, like right from moment one, it's like the first half of this movie, aside from the fact that people spontaneously burst into song and walk after 20 years is fairly grounded in reality. And then the back half is just batshit. And you have to kind of like the whole chocolate factory is a complete fun house. And we learn that pretty fast when they go into a hallway and then leave out the door they came in and end up in a completely different area uh, and enter into a room that you can just eat everything in sight, which would serve no purpose other than for this specific tour. No, uh, it churns the chocolate. It at does. Least the, the chocolate at river least does. The but... river has a purpose. But you don't really need like the gummy bear trees and the someone maybe has that's to, how he creates this chocolate maybe, maybe all the packaged chocolate grew on trees <laughs> and that's when, and that's when we get pure imagination which i guess it's, it's i think another pretty famous song from this movie and it it's a pleasant um, one it's not my favorite but it's very pleasant also though this have have either of you been to a chocolate factory like when the hershey factory up, was I, here yeah yes i grew up uh, there so many it was the easiest school field trip on the planet to just take us there I feel like this movie set expectations for what a chocolate factory would be. And chocolate factories are not like this. Nope. <laughs> they are Ima- not Imagine they were. Yeah. Most of the times when we went to ours, the machines weren't even turned on. So yeah. it was just, that is the machine that would hypothetically make Reese peanut butter cuffs. It's not doing it right now. I feel like the one but... time I went to the Hershey factory, that's exactly what happened with the exact same machine. Yep. <laughs> Like, okay, so this is hypothetically what would be happening in this room on a normal day. Uh, Anyway, if you just want to, like, walk in the circle and go get your free chocolate bar for taking the tour, it's always an O. Henry. I'm sorry. So no chocolate river? (laughs) No no chocolate river. But, you know, if you want to buy a hat, you can do that. And I think there was a model train at one point. Maybe. The TV screens that would show the history are usually turned off. Sorry. Can't even stand and watch that. But it's a two-hour field trip, so we got to find something to do. Yeah, totally agree with with that. Also, fun little tidbit, the actors' faces when they first walk into that room are genuine because they did not show anybody the set they built before they brought them in and filmed their reactions. So if you watch their faces, that's them seeing that for the first time. That's cool. I was also, I noted, because they, they're allowed to just, you know, hey, go, everything in this room is edible, Go. And the first thing we see Charlie and Grandpa Joe get are candy canes. It's like, that wouldn't even be in my first 30 choices. What are you doing? 
That's true. What would be in your, at least like maybe top three? Um, basing it on what we see in that room. Um, I think the, 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 the mom, Mike's mom who starts scooping the cream out of that mushroom and just eating, mm. I think that, that looked pretty good. Um, the river all the way. Come on. Just like, you, you're not allowed to drink from the chocolate but river. Also, but, but, did he say that? <laughs> Mm-mm. At any point, they said everything in this space is edible. True. Go nuts. And then, oh, you drank from the chocolate river. Now you're getting squirted up the tube. Yeah, but he was actively saying, stop, stop, stop. And Augustus, and Augustus, 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 I feel like they say both. Did not stop, stop, stop. But I mean, there's also common sense. Don't go drink from the chocolate river. It's like I a, don't think that's common sense. Do like a chocolate fondue in front of you, you know, and just like being able to just like eat off of it and like dip stuff into it let's take a river but like on a bigger scale it's cool yeah i but i mean he is also a lot of the time setting these kids up to fail yes and this is the first failure yeah like he essentially takes their biggest weakness and dangles it in front of their face knowing full well they're gonna cave i guess hoping they won't but actually that's very true because and it comes back to maybe he did handpick those individual kids because he does Every like stop. it's like mike tv has something with the tv and, it's sorry. essentially child saw because he just keeps luring them into traps <laughs> because then right after this it's hey here's a piece of gum little girl who loves gum don't chew the gum though and of course she's gonna chew the fucking gum a spoiled girl here's literally a goose laying golden eggs uh oh, but maybe we're maybe we're jumping ahead. Yeah, so Gustus falls in the chocolate river, gets sucked up a tube, and this is our first little taste of Willy Wonka essentially saying, "Is this the one where he's yeah. going to get sucked into the furnace? He's going to go somewhere bad once he goes in I, the tube." Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, the furnace is the other one. The, uh, yeah. the eggs. Oh, the furnace is the eggs. Yeah, but yeah. my favorite, just all the way throughout. Don't stop. Yeah. No. <laughs> don't. I feel like that's a pretty, it's yeah. definitely become a meme. They're like, don't stop. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just could not care less. Yeah. Kind of like gleefully rubbing it in the parents' faces that like, oh yeah, your child's going somewhere bad. Ah. And then here are my little orange face friends to come out and sing a song about morals. And, and that, that song is stuck in my head now, I just have to say. The Oompa Loompa songs are great. The first one is like my favorite. And, and that's the one I'm going to sing to myself whenever I'm like just eating too much chocolate. I'd be like, nope, nope. I need a song <laughs> yeah. to motivate me to stop because I even had a like, uh, couldn't memorize it. But it was the, the one about eating like an elephant and getting fat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing to <laughs> keep in mind. Really so can... <laughs> the songs are all really <laughs> hilarious. The Oompa Loompa songs, they're just like... Like, no, you're just terrible. Like, gum chewing is awful. It's a terrible habit. Like, we are going to sell you all these things, but we're also going to call you out for being fat and gross and whatever. Um, They are also responsible for my perhaps favorite piece of IMDb trivia of all time. The Oompa Loompas were known for hard partying offset, even traveling in a limo together to bars. (laughs) And I love the idea that after they would call rap, the Umbalupas would maybe not even de makeup, but all those actors would perhaps dress like that, hop in a hop in a car and go drink. You earned it. Just That's go awesome. and they went out to to live in happiness, like the Oompa Loompas doobity doo. Doobity doo. That's the, that is admittedly maybe the strangest thing is because we already have to accept that there's this weird funhouse factory, but we also have to accept that everything Willy Wonka is saying about the Oompa Loompas, unless he really did just get people and dress them like that, which is perhaps something an eccentric factory owner would do, is that all of that stuff he says about Loompa Land and all these monsters that were eating the Oompa Loompas before he came and saved them. And I think the book actually does get into it more and presents that that did happen. We just kind of have to accept that that's a thing. It's one or the other, right? He His explanation made me just think of Dr. Seuss. I was like, this sounds like a Dr. Seuss book yep. with the like made up character names and like they're getting 
eaten by whatever monsters and things. It just vicious, like vermicious canids and right? horned swagglers and snaz wangers. It does very have a real Dr. Zeus vibe. I feel like it just, if it's not already, it should be drawn out as a Dr. Seuss style book because it sounded very much like the existing Dr. Seuss crazy world things. I think that is, is that's when they take the boat too, right? They take the boat from the shot the, the, to there to the next bit. The boat bit. Wads. <laughs> what I honestly was like, what is happening right now? Like, I was like, this is like, this is like pretty effed up. Like, I, like, what is, what is going on? Yeah. For anyone listening who doesn't know, that's what I was doing at the start. I wish I could have screamed it more than I, you know, if I'd had the house to myself, I was going to go for it. Uh, and it's not even just that. So they're on a boat. He's just sitting at the front, like wide eyed, not blinking, screaming that at them with no context. While in the background, there's just all of these unconnected images of, like lizards eating bugs and a chicken getting its head cut off. Like, legitimately disturbing imagery. <laughs> it's the one time in the movie because a running thing is that the parents and the kids, like Grandpa and Charlie are the only two who are having fun. And that's how we know, you know, ah, they're the good ones. Everyone else is always like, oh, I don't like this, Wonka, and I'm going to sue you, Wonka. And I don't know. This is the one time where I'm like, yeah, I would not, I also would not enjoy this. Yeah. If nothing else was a red flag before that, it's like, oh God, what have we gotten ourselves into? And like, I just wondered, like, cause it's been so long, but like the first time I saw that, was that terrifying? Cause it seems like it yes. would have been. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you Google, I would say any list of like top 10 scariest scenes in non-horror movies, this is probably there. Like that is, the one, if I were to show this to my, I, I, they're too young now, obviously, but even in the next couple of years, if I were to show this movie to my kids, I'd probably skip that scene. Like, just press that button on the DVD, go right past it and go, oh, weird. Anyway, we didn't miss much. <laughs> Welcome to the inventing room, where Violet eats the gum that tastes like a three-course meal, which doesn't even sound that appealing. Actually, there, here's a question for everybody out of all of the products and things that we saw in the factory, which one was the most appealing to you? Like what was the one that if you were to, if someone came to you and said, Hey, I'm a magician and I can give you any one thing from this movie, Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, what would you pick? I'm also thinking. Like of those specifically, the like ones that they show us. Yeah, the things that he. I really, I don't know. They flew real high. I know, but once you know how to get down, and most spaces don't have a giant fan at the top. Like if I if I had fizzy lifting drink outside of my backyard, I just like fly around, and then when I'm ready to get down, you just burp. That's that is true. (laughs) The only thing there is though, when they drink it, it's. It's not like they have the like, mm, I think they just say, not bad. Yeah. So. But I mean, it's not about whether or not it tastes good. You could fly. That's true. Yeah, also, I guess. I was distracted for a minute because I was looking it up and I found a BuzzFeed list of the top horror, like scary scenes in non-horror movies. And this scene is number one <laughs> on yeah, the list. There you go. <laughs> and it's, I don't think they're exaggerating. Like, obviously I know it's coming, but out of context or like tr- if you were to just hey, there's a nice movie about a chocolate factory. Let's bring our five-year-olds. That would be the scene where you'd probably be watching and going, should we leave? Like, should we turn this off? Like, he's yelling about hell and screaming and we're watching animals get killed in the background. It's not a cartoon chicken. It's a real chicken. (laughs) Gets his head cut off. It's probably dead. Still, then you have to explain, like, what happened to that chicken? It's like, okay, well, you know the nuggets we got in your Happy Meal? (laughs) <laughs> oh well maybe not those those are maybe not the best example but wads you what are you thinking yeah so so uh, i have a question about the gum that tastes like three-course meal do i also get the nutritional benefits three-course meal because i'm be guessing <laughs> i'm guessing no i think you just get the taste and also it seems like it's a minute 
long. Yeah. And then I don't know if it just loses its flavor or what happens after that, but it doesn't take long for her to go through all three courses. Yeah. I, I feel like the way they present that one though, and the everlasting gobstoppers as well, but it seems like Willy Wonka's trying to like do good for the poor guy. Like he's like, yeah. Oh, you don't, you can't eat these meals. Well, let me give you this gum. And at least you'll know how delicious these things are. Or- Unless the gum costs a lot of money, which it might. But I feel like it might not. And he yeah. pitched the everlasting gobstopper as a like um, for kids who can't afford chocolate or can't afford candy all the time. You get this everlasting gobstopper. You never need to buy it again. It's going to put himself out of business. Yeah. I'll take I'll take the chocolate river then. What about you, Sean? <laughs> Lickable wallpaper. It tastes like what? Like the ones you mean? Oh, the ones oh yeah, the one they had. Like, no, no, the, like the, the snozberries taste like snozberries. But if you had to pick specific like things other than that, besides the fruit one, yeah. What what would you want your wallpaper to taste like? Various uh, snack cakes. So mm. the Twinkies taste like Twinkies. The Hostess cupcakes taste like Hostess cupcakes, and then I get that benefit without you know all that processed nonsense. I don't know how you'd clean lickable wallpaper. And obviously when I have company over, I'm like, you gotta try this. I'm like, how many people have licked this before? These are not, these you are not what, good times yeah. to own lickable wallpaper. I, I've been to a salt mine and, and licked the wall. And I like now thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know how many people would have licked those walls. <laughs> it's an important question. Yeah. So maybe I changed my answer, but not right now because we got to <laughs> move on. Uh, so that's when Violet takes the gum and the blueberry dessert, the blueberry pie dessert turns her into a literal blueberry with the Oompa Loompas then have to roll off to the juicing room because she's full of juice. And even if they all survive, it's not like that was a trick. We have to assume that happened. So these kids are going through a lot on this journey. He also says like, this this always happens. They always turn into blueberries. I'm like, who's testing this? <laughs> They're just like a bunch of rats we don't see that are giant blueberries. And they or have a juicy room for this specific purpose. So do you want to go back to Loompa Land? No. Chew the fucking gum. And then they're off to the third room where the geese are laying the golden eggs. Between that and the blueberry, we get the sequence we were talking about where they drink the fizzy lifting drink. And realize after way too long that there's a giant fan that they're heading towards. But they burp and escape. And it's all good. As we get to the Golden Goose, where it's like the movie remembered it was a musical. It's like, oh shit. (laughs) Veruca gets the song. Uh, And I don't know, maybe it's my favorite song in the movie. It is a good song. It It was just I just thought it was funny that they choose to only give her a song. None of the other kids had songs. And credit to her, her, and I see a few of the songs I think do this. Most of it's in one take, like from mm, yeah. even before she starts singing, like it follows her around. It's like you know what, good for you. It's not like it's intense choreography, but still handles it well. You can tell it's actually her singing. And of course, in her grand finale, she stands up on the egg weighing station that says "good or bad," and she's a bad egg. So then yeah. she gets shot down to the furnace, I guess. Yeah, and then the dad follows suit. And again, everyone handles it pretty well. I actually think, did somebody say something or did I just think this in my mind? That uh, maybe the grandpa said, like, that's that's the best thing that ever happened to him. (laughs) The kid gets, like, taken. Baruka went first. Yeah. Oh, right. That's what it was. (laughs) Baruka went first. Just making kids. Just making little little goofs with this potentially dead family. Oh, man. Uh, and then that's when the movie is kind of just a sprint to the finish line. Uh, this is, I think, when we pause. Oh, did and we miss like, the Mike TV? No, he's next. Because okay. we pause when they're taking the weird, like, soap machine thing to their next destination. Um, mm. And that's when we paused and saw, wow, there's not much left in this movie. So they go to the next thing, which is Mike TV's saw test, where he has, presumably, I guess the idea is he could send out stuff from his factory to televisions around the world. So like in a commercial, they could say, Hey, announcing the new Wonka this, but also he would need to manufacture special TVs that you could reach into and grab stuff out of. So I actually, I don't know what the purpose of this whole thing is, but he's psyched about it. He can take a chocolate bar and send it into a TV set. 
And then you, yeah, but there, yeah, there's so many flaws with that because like you said, what, what's he going to do? He the chocolate bars that shrink in order to go from real life to the TV set. So he'd need like millions of chocolate bars that are like five foot by two foot or whatever in order to send these and then somehow get them into the TV sets. But Whatever. The, yeah, the logic doesn't that. Need there's to make not sense. much logic in, in this exactly. movie, in this factory. <laughs> yeah. So I'm he just like, clearly, oh, idea. <laughs> he clearly, and especially after the whole golden ticket thing where it said he's sold like millions and millions of chocolate bars, can't keep up with it. He clearly has fuck you money. So if he's just sitting That's around right. going, what if we could just make chocolate go into TV sets? Do that. Yeah. And I he, like I said, he's trying to help out the poor guy. So here, we'll just we'll just give you a chocolate bar with our commercial. Yeah. Uh, but Mike was like, oh, what if what if I get shrunk down? And yeah, he's like, these. can you do it with anything? Anything? And he's like, I suppose so. He's no. Like, can you do it with people? He's stop. like, yeah, exactly. Wait, no. Oh, well. And so <laughs> and Mike then, gets shrunk down and then they're going to take him to the taffy pulling station or whatever to yank him back out, <laughs> which would hurt like a motherfucker because we have bones in our bodies that they would have to like mold back into shape and you were saying in the book that they're like uh permanently changed from this and it just made me think of the like you know those stretchy toys like the stretchy stretch armstrong stretch armstrong where you would pull them and then they'd have these like wonky like loose arms and legs because they've been stretched so much that's what I imagine Mike would I be like. As he feel was, like that's what it was. Yeah, he was yeah. just like a tiny slender man, arm yeah. knuckles dragging on the ground. <laughs> uh, and and then that's the end of the tour. Wonka is like, okay, well, take care, have a good day. Fuck off now. Yeah, I gotta go. Uh, they enter his office where everything's cut in half. Apparently, again, a little tidbit, it wasn't like that, but they were like, after all that, are we really just gonna end this movie in an office? No, cut everything in half. Uh, and he's all he's you know mad because they he knows they stole the drink of course he knows but what would you know, charlie shows the the goodwill gesture because we know throughout the movie when they shows the everlasting gobstopper that the kids you know like that's it that's the thing we're supposed to take mm-hmm. but charlie puts his down he's like i'm not gonna do it and that's that's the test he passed all these other kids failed and died but you did it I guess if he had not put that gobstopper down, then that would have been that. He would have, you know, gotten his 10 yeah. grand and lived comfortably forever. No, but. he wouldn't have gotten anything. Oh, right, no, of course not. He was because, like, yeah, bye. That's why I said, like, he was basically like, fuck off now. He's like, you broke the rules of the contract. You drank the fizzy lifting drink. Goodbye forever. Like, no yeah. chocolate, no money, nothing. You just screw off now. Mm-hmm. And, but, and But why did he make it that far, though? Like, I mean, right? Like, all the other kids. Because, oh, yeah, because like, he right? didn't like, get like murdered by the fan. Well, I think in, in this situation, <laughs> Willy Wonka just assumed whoever drank that fizzy lifting drink was getting murdered and but, wouldn't have to worry about it. But this was his final test, Wads. Like, he had up until that moment, like, to put, to yeah. say, I'm not going to do this. Like, had he left and they were like we are going to sell it and then they have that awful realization of like i work for walka you don't get shit yeah. that is the reveal that was all the big test but no he he passes and Wonka's like i knew it would be you and everyone's gonna be fine let's get in this elevator break through the roof i'll be dead soon and the whole factory is yours credits yeah yeah also yeah what's up with that last scene i mean like with the elevator to like just flying up in the air it's like okay <laughs> just another another you know random yeah right till the end because he's like you know oh we can't go through the roof we'll be cut to ribbons like, yeah probably just got to keep keep that level up you know can we trust this dude right up until the very very end even if it's charlie i wouldn't believe it until contracts were signed and it's like you can bring the whole family charlie live inside this factory and look over the Oompa Loompas. Is that the existence you wanted? Too bad. That's your life now. No more school. No time. Maybe that was all addressed in the sequel. Like I said, I never read it. And since Roald Dahl hated this one so much, they planned to adapt to the sequel, but he just said no. So 
can't say for for certain what the sequel covers. I think that that covered all my notes, except for one thing where they say something about 100 billion people in the world. And I'm like, there's not even 100 billion people in the world now. They're not even close <laughs> to 100 billion 50 billion years later, we're not even close. <laughs> not even close. And since this movie presumably takes place like 100 years ago, or whenever it's supposed to take place. Um, yeah, I don't think I just, yeah, I, I noted that just, I kind of already covered it, that I really like the, the Willy Wonka character. Like he always has these weird asides, like he's always quoting poetry and other songs and just a, just a good character. Yeah. He, he brought a little bit of, of everything, brought that, you know, je ne sais quoi, right? Isn't that what we Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, my my thoughts are the same. I still, again, maybe nostalgia plays a role. I still, I still love it. To me, they, you know, I still fast forward through Cheer Up Charlie because that song fucking sucks. But and the, the like, run home, Charlie. Like, okay, yeah, that could probably be four to five hours shorter. But the yeah. you know the practical sets and just the the amount of imagination, you know, the amount of pure imagination, as one would say, on display. From even those small little things like the things that you hang your hat on are hands that just grab your hat and jacket. Like there's all sorts of fun little touches, obviously, because it's 71, it's all got to be practical. So like the set design and all of that, it's just all fantastic. It makes me want chocolate so bad. Like it's just the, the it's a world that I want to just crawl inside and live in. Yeah. Um yeah, I on my end, I feel like it was it was an interesting rewatch because I just like I didn't pick up on how creepy some of these things were because I don't think I was in that headspace watching it as a kid. I'm just you're just like wowed by all these set things. And I just like I don't know. It was it was creepy. And in, in a way that kind of had these undertones, like now I feel like looking at, at it, people seem like predators, but even just back then, I'm like, did they know how creepy this was? Was that the goal? Because it is like, it is really unsettling, um, especially like we said that one song. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I will find the time to watch it again, but it was, it was a fun thing to revisit. It definitely felt like the purpose of this podcast to like go back to something I remembered fondly and be like, oh, this is this is something it's it hasn't aged super well as far as I'm concerned, but it leaves an impression. I yeah, I as, as I said, I respectfully disagree with that. Yeah. But that's, you know, I hear we, I'm not you know saying that's wrong. I'm saying I felt like it aged better than maybe I expected. Yeah. And I think some of, I, I don't think you make a movie like that and not know you're making it a little creepy. I'd be very surprised if they were like, yeah, we had no idea. That this was going to scare children. Yeah. <laughs> Wads? Yeah. Uh, What's uh, it I'll like to it. see it for the first time? So I'll preface it by saying, I mean, I'm not a big, big fan of musicals. It's not like a full-on musical, but like, you know, it's got a good chunk. There's like uh, six or seven songs in there. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like musical lights. Like yeah. you'll go 20, 25 minutes without a song, long enough to be like, right, musical. Yeah, exactly. It's a good. It's a good movie. Um, it was like a obviously like a a lot of weird in it, but like some fun stuff as well. Um, probably wouldn't watch it again, uh, but glad I watched it. Um, like yeah, I think it's one of those that you know I needed to watch at least once. To just see kind of what, what I was missing on, but uh, yeah, like I'm thinking, if I had watched it as a kid, um, it would have def definitely been a different experience. Um, like I don't know, honestly, if I would have been like, "Ooh, this is like fun," or "This is creepy," uh, with some of those scenes. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I like the Impulsos. <laughs> Did you have any of those moments? Because this movie has a, a lot, has birthed a lot of memes. Did you have moments where you it clicked, like? Oh, that, that's that, what, that, like, even just that, him doing the one. little, like, yeah, condescending yeah. lean is yeah, definitely that's the one. main one that I've seen, like, all over, but I, I couldn't uh, see, I couldn't uh, um, um, pick, pick out any of the other ones. I know condescending lean is one, stop, no, come back, I've definitely seen, and um, him yelling at the end has definitely been 
turned into something like the you lose thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like in addition to memes, like it's just, it's been parodied so many times and there's oh, yeah. like in all the, like you said, the family guy, I'm sure the Simpsons, like all those all those things you you see any reference to like grandparents sharing beds in that direction is so silly but i feel like it's you know it it left an impression for sure and it still has that lasting impression in the memes and parodies that come out so it i don't know it was a good movie but i i don't know that i'll watch it again i'll take it I was a little scared going into, you know, because this one's precious to me. So I was a little scared going in that there would be like, this is junk. This is junk food for junk people. No, I don't think it was junk. It just wasn't. It was very different than I remember it being. Like I like I said, all the creepy pieces, I think I was just too wowed by the imagination to notice or like really lean into how creepy this is. Gate, it's like gateway horror. It's what you show your kid when you know you're not quite ready for Nightmare on Elm Street yet, but let's test the waters with this and see how you do. Okay, you didn't sleep for four days. Okay, shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Oh, chocolate's ruined forever for you now. Oh no, that might be a good thing. <laughs> good. Here's an apple. We had our first situation where um, my daughter watched something that was not. That, that was scary and I didn't realize how scary it was it's like on Netflix and it's marked TVY7 and she like would not sleep for like four days it was awful so now I need to like be more be more aware because it wasn't something I expected but she's like it was so scary it, it was just it was like the new Hansel and Gretel I think it's called Secret Magic Control Agency it was so scary the one night she was like did you lock the wind lock the door and close all the windows? And I'm like, baby, it's too hot. I'm not closing all the windows. <laughs> like the doors are locked. We are safe. But I'm like, what the fuck was this movie that scared her so much that it was and and I was like, is she just stalling for bedtime or is she scared? But when she asked if the doors and windows were closed yeah. and locked, I was like, shit, man. That was <laughs> that was a scary movie. Look, I know you're scared of witches, but it's really hot. So we're gonna have to roll that dice. Okay. What's uh, I, I, obviously not the new Hansel and Gretel, but is there something you're currently enjoying that's not that? Um, I like. I think both maybe Kim and wife said uh, never have I ever is back on Netflix. Yep. So I've been working through that one, and also Atypical, which I don't know if mm. I've mentioned on this before, but I really like that show, and it, I think it might be its last season as well. So. Um, I'm enjoying those two short, short, funny summer shows, which came at the perfect time because I have more time on my hands to plow through some short shows. Yeah. Wads? Yeah. Um, random shows on Netflix as usual. So the last one I, I just finished is Blind Spot. And it's oh, the tattoo? Like, yeah. 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 yeah the tattoo one. Yeah. So it's, uh, it was like five seasons, but I pretty much binged through it. Uh, it was, it started off good. And then, uh, at the end, kind of, you know, it was all right. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I'll go with the Suicide Squad, I guess. We hit up a theater yesterday for that one, which is, a you know, I we saw it at IMAX, which I don't even think you can do anymore because I think Free Guy just stole the IMAX screens. But it's very, very good. It's R-rated, like super, super R-rated, which we knew going in. But even I think my wife wasn't aware of just how violent it was going to be. So she, you know, I caught her looking away a couple of times. But if you like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, but want it to be rated R, this is very much that. Very quirky, very violent. Maybe the one of the definitely one of the better DC movies to date. It's not maybe the best. It's hard to say. Certainly better than the first Suicide Squad, which is like basically saying, hey, this shiny cupcake is a better thing than that piece of dog poop. So pretty obvious statement, but yeah, Suicide Squad. I don't, I thought it was supposed to come out digitally in Canada, but it doesn't seem to have, I couldn't find it. Cause at one point we considered watching it at home and I was like, I don't see it anywhere. So maybe only the U S got that. I don't know, but worth it. Worth your time. Good. Cause that's what I'm doing cool. when we close this out. 
Cool. All right. Well, let's yeah. wrap it up then so you can go enjoy that because it, it's good stuff. Um, I actually have a closer this time. Oh, Sam, good. I don't know if you did too. I was but... just quickly Googling something. You like you started us off so strong. So take us out, Sean. All right. I might have to once again kind of like whisper shout this because I can't give it my all. But here we go. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized so you get nothing you lose good day sir <laughs>